Well, welcome back to From the Field. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Ryan Hughley, and I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church here in Salt Lake City and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And my name is Tyler Dravitz. I serve as the executive pastor of Ridgeline Church, and I'm also the president of MyXP, a ministry providing remote executive pastor support to churches. From the Field is a podcast for pastors and ministry leaders where we discuss all things ministry-related from the vantage point of both a lead pastor and an executive pastor. And I was thinking about it this week. I think we are the only podcast that exists in the podcast sphere that comes at ministry from that angle of both lead pastor and executive pastor together. Well, there's like, cause if you think about it, there's good podcasts with lead pastors that are interesting. Sure. And then there's the boring ones that executive pastors do. First of all, I'm not sure about these executive <laughs> pastor podcasts. Well, uh, for the last few weeks, we have been uh, discussing uh, all things ministry through the lens of the current COVID-19 pandemic that we're all in. So all we've talked about really since we've launched this podcast is uh, how our gatherings are shut down and everything's shifted to digital and how do we do that to the best of our ability. And here in Salt Lake City, some of our restrictions have actually started to loosen. I know that's Mm -hmm. not the case everywhere, uh, but here they have a little bit more stuff is open. But as we have been discovering, it's also, even as it opens, it's very weird still. Very weird. So I know you got your hair cut. Oh what man! Was that so like? I, you just—I need a little story here. Uh, that I always, usually means uh, it's going to be an hour. I always, always got to take a little story. So, uh, if you are someone who has both cut my hair in my life and is listening to this podcast, yeah. which is zero people, yeah. but still, if you are, um, you know the answer to this question. But do you know the very first thing I would get if I ever won the lottery? What, like a personal barber? Yeah. I would pay someone to be on demand for me. Like I, I, I have the conversation with every, you know, you can literally just go to the barber as whenever frequently you want. No, as you want. That's not true. First you wanna, of you all, you want to just follow you around and like snip your hair. I just like, it I always just like, look the same since you were 14. Point, I saw like a movie star. They just get their haircut like every day. That's mm. what I want. I want it every day. Cause first of all, you can't go whenever you want. Cause the person that I go to right now, uh, you have to book her like three weeks in advance. Mm. So like, there's no, like, I just want a haircut today. And sometimes I do. Yeah. Well, I know, so. I know how much you love going. You go to a nice barbershop. Yeah. What, what was it like? Oh now, yeah. Like, it's, it's back, back open, to the sort of topic of the conversation. Yeah. yeah not, yeah. not your weird Scrooge okay. McDuck okay. fantasies. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Um, so it was fine, except for like they had removed all the like sofa, just all the parts that made it cool were gone. Mm-hmm. And then one of the requirements was as the customer, I had to wear a mask the whole time, which I didn't really think much about, except until you have it on. And then the the ledge of the mask mm-hmm. serves as like a place to catch all the tiny little hairs. Mm, and so gross. they were just like building up to where I could like see that. It was just, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my, my barber also offers a uh, beverage of choice. Mm-hmm. And so they offered me one and then I got it. And I literally like went to put it up to my mouth and I looked at my barber and I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> and her response was, I could take drinks while she was behind me because then like, you know, my, my particles or whatever would get her coronavirus were in front and we were good, but it was weird. This like very exciting, relaxing sort of self-indulgent thing I like to do was was very utilitarian at best, but I really needed it. So, and you've been back at F45 too. 
Right? Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah. Our, our gym is back. Our CrossFit gym is back open, yeah. too. I know you've had the same experience, but it's it's great to be back. Yes. And I'm really... And it's weird. Yeah. Like, they well, take my temperature when I get there. Yeah. So I automatically feel like I'm in a medical exam. Yep. And then we have these, like, 10 by 10 boxes that were put in that I'm very afraid <laughs> if I step outside of, I'm going to like have a leg blown off. Sure. It's like lava. It's yeah, a hot it's lava. Very, it's very, very sure. tense. Ours is not, we don't have the 10 by 10 box. We do circle stations, but you have to wipe them down mm-hmm. thoroughly. And uh, thankfully this week they've started using some like special wipes that are mm-hmm. good for that. But we're also using bottles of like water diluted bleach and so Ugh. even at this moment, I feel like I smell bleach a little bit all mm-hmm. day long. Like I commented to one of the trainers, I'm not going to get coronavirus, but I'm going to die of bleach poisoning if that's a thing yeah. for sure. Because you just like roll it. Yeah. You just and you have to wear your mask while. before and after your workout, which putting even a mask stretching on, and yeah. putting your mask on when you're sweaty Ugh. and can barely breathe is that mask the worst. Is done. Yeah. And you're, I've noticed that your masks barely fit on your head. <laughs> They stretch so. Listen, you, you ordered like the kitty version. No, that I did. Stretches so tight. This t-shirt your company face. I love, Bella Canvas. If you've ordered t-shirts, you're familiar. Yep. They like made this big announcement of, of how they were going to redirect all their resources and cut masks, and so I got them. But like, all they did was cut two ear slits. Yeah. Out of a t-shirt. Out, well, out of t-shirt material, and it looks like they let a toddler cut them. Yeah. So if you're like been looking at those excited, I would look for different masks because yeah. I do look. I look kind of like a ninja, though. So anyway. yeah, I mean, sort of. Yeah, yeah, a that's, little bit. That's one way to think about it. Sure. Well, we are unfortunately not out of this season yet. Uh, in that, most of us, I actually, I don't know anyone personally that is meeting physically yet. Again, I know a handful nope. of churches have started to do that again. Uh, that hasn't happened here yet. Uh, it's not happening most places. So we're still in this kind of strange season. And so today, we thought we would talk about communication. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much preaching, but more just how we communicate updates and what's going on in the life of the church, all of that stuff, particularly some thoughts on how we communicate in a season of crisis like that. So I know that you know this, um, we've heard this for years and experienced it personally, but communication is typically not a strong suit in most churches. Um, in fact, one of the things, and this is one of the reasons I'm really thankful for you, one of the pieces of feedback that we've gotten in any church that we've ever worked at is sort of this shock and awe from people who come from other churches Sure. in that our communication is clear. Yep. And that's largely because of the way that you help us communicate. Mm, thank but you. it's not, uh, it's the last compliment of the day. So soak okay. it in. Fair enough. And then we'll get All back right. to Good. our real life. Good. Okay. Um, and I, I am, I, I think it's easy to throw stones, but communication's not something that most people are trained on in Bible college or seminary. I don't think that they offer communication classes. And so you're kind of thrown into running what for all intents and purposes is an organization of sorts. Yeah. And you have to communicate and no one's ever really told you how. And so as a result, many churches really struggle with communication. And then you throw a crisis on top of that and it just compounds the problem. Yep. So what we wanted to do is we're going to just cover a handful of misconceptions that people have about communication. Okay. So we'll chat about those a little bit, and you can talk a little bit about some tools that you really like to communicate. Um, and I, I bet that I know what at least one of them is. I bet we'll talk about Planning Center at some point. Yes. Yes. Well, that, that would be my guess. Why wouldn't you talk about pick, planning pick center subject, when you're talking about tools? Pick the subject, and Costco it, and planning center are going to find the their way. It's the 2020 tonic. It'll cure what ails you for <laughs> okay. sure. For sure. All right. Well, let's talk about some communication misconceptions. Can uh, I the, take number the, one? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So number one, 
uh, is you can't over communicate. That is a misconception. Yes. And here's what I know. I have, I support a variety of churches. I have one that, um, pay a company to do communications for them. Mm -hmm. And they were instructed that you cannot over communicate during this time. And as such, as a person who supports them, I had to unsubscribe to their communications because I just couldn't it was so handle. Much. Yeah, it yeah. was it was it was at least daily, mm-hmm. multiple multiple pieces of communication, oftentimes uh, working to serve as a research resource for COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. and it was just constant, you know. And and what's true is initially um, it was very. Um, uh, there were like new things to be shared. And then due to a commitment to kind of daily communication, uh, it just, it didn't really contain much information or much helpful. It was just something filling my inbox along with the email I received from every CEO of every organization right. that I've ever given my email address, informing me that their employees were indeed washing, washing their, their hands. hands. Yeah. So I just really didn't need any more right. emails. And I think, I think the solution to it is to really think about I don't think that we always do a great job of considering what we find helpful sure. as people who receive sure. communication. Totally. So I think one of the remedies to this is to really pay attention to companies, whatever that you work with yep. that do a good job of communicating and what is it about them that you appreciate. And my guess is if you have a company of any kind that communicates too frequently with you, you will eventually unsubscribe. Absolutely. And people are going to do the same thing in our churches. Absolutely. And I think uh, we're going to get to tools in a minute, but the thing to keep in mind is that uh, due to the laws that govern like spam and all of those kind of things, when people unsubscribe, they're not unsubscribing to that email or that list. They are unsubscribing from communication from your church if you use any kind of tool. Unless you're just like sending out a plain text email from like your G email account. You can't Mm -hmm. unsubscribe to that, Mm -hmm. but they can't even still report you or mark it as junk, which starts to uh, negatively impact your like uh, rating scores on some of those things Mm -hmm. and will automatically send your emails to junk in the future. So it's important to think carefully about what you send when you send it, because uh, it will kind of create an environment where you don't have the ability to communicate with those people in the future. And I would say as probably maybe as a general principle, um, especially when you think about the type of communication we're doing right now, where we're kind of living in this ever-changing and evolving situation. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's not something new, you don't need to communicate again. Yeah. Like the yeah. next time you need to communicate is probably like when there's a change, but sure. not like, Hey, just wanted to check in and let you know that everything's the same as yesterday. <laughs> right. Nobody cares about that email. hundred percent. So first one is you can't over communicate. Number two is a uh, second misconception is uh, if we've said it once, people get it. If people, if, it, mm-hmm. if I've learned one thing, it's that saying it once does not mean that anyone gets it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, one of the things that we talk about is that people have a 30 day, a roughly 30 day vision leak. Yeah. Um, meaning that even if you've, even if you have, and so this is, we'll just talk about vision for a second. If you have conveyed, let's say the vision of your church or the vision behind, you have a volunteer that serves on a team and you've conveyed the vision of here's why we serve in this role and why we do this. The clock is ticking immediately after that conversation. And there is like, you can almost set a clock to it. 30 days until they completely forget that. And they're back to like, why do I have to be here early again? And why do we have to unload this trailer? And the same thing is true of all forms of communication. Like it's not enough to just, so this is kind of an interesting antithesis to the first misconception 
because there is a real art form to this. You can over-communicate, but saying something once is oftentimes not enough. Absolutely. And I remember uh, it was years ago when you kind of introduced this uh, concept to me. And I remember even as you said it, I was pretty doubtful. I was like, oh, come on, that's not true. And then um, I did some investigation on my own. And to your point about setting a clock, by, I mean, I literally, every time I get frustrated, I look at a calendar or kind of think back to like, wait, how long ago was it that we talked about this? And almost always, like it's within the 30 plus day mark. And uh, and you just have to kind of re-help people understand why they're doing what they're doing and why it's important. Yeah. So again, I, I don't think that there's a, a perfect number of how many times you have to say something, mm-hmm. but I do think there is just, I think a, a good opportunity we have right now is most of us that are listening to this, participating in this podcast are probably all pastoring what we would label as like normal churches. Right? Mm-hmm. You probably don't have 20,000 people in your church. Sure. But this is a good opportunity to figure out what the balance is to just have, to, to ask people, to talk to people, to pay attention to the metrics and the reporting on the communication that you're sending. If you're seeing people unsubscribe, you're probably com- communicating too much or mm-hmm. not effectively. But if you're seeing that people are asking questions about things you've already communicated, it's probably because you have not communicated it enough. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about number three. Oh man. So number three, misconception is it's best to soften blows of bad news. Uh, One of the things you might've heard this is like the crap sandwich. Yeah. This idea that I need to like give you something positive and then like deliver the hard thing I have to say and then soften it up with another compliment. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was uh, my approach for a number of years. I, uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know, once upon a time I worked for Starbucks and I remember that was always my approach to giving feedback to someone who the needed sandwich. to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was start off with something nice and then Here's deliver the hard suck. thing, but then leave them yeah. with something good. And I think uh, what I learned um, directly and was coached by someone throughout the throughout the time there was just that that's such an ineffective way of leading mm-hmm. uh, and the way that uh, someone from uh, Starbucks once put it to me was that uh, so if you think about it in terms and I would use the term mm-hmm. crap sandwich mm-hmm. you know I'm trying to like make it really good and then deliver the hard stuff and then mm-hmm. really good again and um, uh, what she had said was that so if you put yourself in a situation where you think about that literally even if you had like artisan bread that was handmade and the your most favorite thing or if it was cake or whatever whatever that top layer was and then you fill it with crap and then you put another bottom layer on that's awesome Nobody the question is, that. who's going to take a bite of that sandwich? Yeah. No matter how amazing the layer, right. and, and at best, you leave so confused as mm-hmm. to what just happened. You're like, did I just get a raise or did I get fired? Right. And I have known countless people, especially in ministry, who feel like the best way to communicate something difficult is to really sandwich it in. And what I have, what I have learned is it's so much better to let people like celebrate when we need to celebrate mm-hmm. them and also let them uh, work through and deal with the feedback that they receive. Mm-hmm. But by mixing them together, you you leave people confused. And truthfully, nothing feels great. Right. Or bad. I've also, uh, I've also found those sometimes, like it depends on the way that someone's wired. Like some people are wired to where they, it doesn't, the good doesn't matter. They yeah. only heard the negative oh, thing. Oh, totally. I have found, at least in my experience, people I've worked with, more people tend to walk away 
only latched onto the good thing and they like totally missed the feedback in the conversation. Sure. Well, cause you get, it's two to one. Right. <laughs> I feel like if you're shooting your odds, you're like, so you're I'm pretty much awesome. awesome. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that is just, yeah, I agree. That's not helpful. I think, I think though, another thing like transitioning away from the crap sandwich would also be like, there are things right now that we're having to communicate that is not the greatest news. Sure. Like I remember having to send the announcement. We can't meet. And, like physically sure and at the time we thought it was going to be between two and three weeks yes it was we were told middle of march it was until the end of right. March. they lied mm-hmm. okay um but <clears throat> i remember even then i think in the first piece of communication that i was going to send out when we when it was like two or three i had this thing in me i was like i really just want to say two sure because i don't if it's not the third i don't want to give but but i i think that what you do when you do that is that you put people in a position where you're gonna they're gonna be further disappointed sure. when they learn the rest of the story rather than just tell them the whole truth. And to your point, let them process that, sit in that, and deal with the sum total of it rather than this like slow drip of bad news sure. where people just are chronically going to be like, oh, great. It just keeps getting every time you open your mouth, right. it just gets worse and worse right. and worse totally. rather than giving them the whole blow of the bad news and letting them just deal with it. Right. All right. Lastly, number four, you want to bring us home with that one? Yeah, absolutely. So um, most people need minimal instruction. False. False. I'll, let me, I'll jump in because I've got a, a real-time right. example of this. Okay. I had, uh, so, you know, we use, we talked about this. We use four people to do mm-hmm. our stream on Sunday morning. Yep. That's how many we need there to serve. Yep. We've moved to where we can now have 20 people yes. in a room together. So because we used so few people, we actually got to invite people to come back to some version of church. Absolutely. And so I sent out a video with that thinking, oh my gosh, like people are going to be so excited when I tell them, hey, if you want to come to the live stream on Sunday, just email us back and let us know you're interested and we'll get you scheduled to be able to do that. Yep. And we had a grand total of two people respond. I mean, I'd say three because one was a couple. Okay, that's fair. Let's at least, let's get that. But I rem- but I rem- I remember we talked about like well number one our people may- apparently they're like terrified of the COVID yeah. virus and do not want to be around people. Well, even at as all. we sent it out, I wanted to like do like tickets and a lottery. Yeah. Se- we were going to be overrun with people <laughs> to get to the ministry center and watch the service. Right, and uh, and instead we got three people. Three, yeah. And so, but then as I started to like text with people or call people and invite them personally to come, yeah. they were like over the moon. So to come, like they couldn't wait. They were so excited. And it was new information, right? Yes, it was new information, which just tells me that um, this minimal instruction, like, Uh and again, it kind of ties back to if I've said it once, then people get it. That's not true. Nope. Also, if you provide minimal instruction Mm -hmm. and you don't give them literally, literally, like the simplest, easiest, clearest system possible for how to do whatever it is you're asking them to do, they will not get it. And in all fairness, even if you do that, because if you look at our COVID-19 update page, there's a big button that says, let us know if you want to attend. And if you click on it, I've actually programmed it to pre-fill out the email for you. Yes. People just need a lot of instruction. I think we've talked about this for years with giving. I think a lot of the time, like we assume, oh, the reason that people don't give financially to churches is because they're stingy and they hate generosity. That has not been our experience in any church that we've led or been a part of. Um, 
But what we have found is if people don't understand how to participate and why, then they definitely don't. Yeah. And so you just have to provide people with a lot clearer instructions. So on this topic of communication, broadly speaking, I know you do have, a, all joking aside, some tools yeah. that we do use that have been super effective for us. So maybe just walk us through a couple of the tools that you'd recommend to people. Yeah, I think absolutely the number one thing that you need is you need a good database. You need a place where... Uh, all of your people exist and all of the information about your people and all of that. And so I know uh, you might be listening to this today and you feel like, you know what, Tyler, I have a G sheet. G sheets are free. Why in the world would I do anything different than an Excel document or whatever it might be to serve as my database? G sheet also sounds like a mid nineties R and B band. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where the G sheets, something like that. It's just a Google boring tool. Yeah. But I appreciate that. Uh, Sorry. Uh, I got bored when you were talking. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're going to be bored this whole time. Your eyes like glaze over. I know, but some people. This was on my this, idea. Some people on this podcast will care. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think that that's that's number one. And what I would push back on that so hardly is here's where it comes in. That's like the do 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 planning center. So planning center offers a, a module called people. Most of you listening to this podcast or not most, but some hear planning center and you think, Tyler, I don't need that tool or I already use that tool mm-hmm. to plan my services. Cause for years and years, it was, it was like the only game. And then they were like, wait a second, we're real good at this. Let's do other things too. Mm-hmm. And so they have a people module, which if you are using some free tool out there or paying anything for a mediocre tool, I'm ready to blow your mind. Planning Center People, their database module is what they refer to as free forever. So that means no matter how many people you have in it, no matter Mm -hmm. how long you use it, no matter if you ever subscribe to any of their other modules, you can use it for free. For free, Hmm. totally free. And they are a tool that serves churches and Christians, and they have used the terms forever free. Mm-hmm. So I believe that no matter what, they cannot make a change to that. I think that they know that that like the number of people who so would like, like new heaven and new earth, Jesus is going to be using the people Planning module. center people to make sure he knows where you're at and he'll be able to track you easily because mm-hmm. it's a great tool. And here's the other thing. A lot of tools like that are the worst and they are very like DOS sort of windows 95 looking planning center it's has awesome. great web design, the whole thing. So yeah. utilize any tool that is good, but if you don't know, use Planning Center. Yeah. That is a great tool. Uh, so that's number one. That's kind of like your hub. So you need a place where all the information exists. And, and here's the key. You need one place where all the information exists. Mm-hmm. So as we talk about these other tools, you shouldn't have like some things in there and some things in there and some things in there. And so when I ask you who your members are, you have to look in 16 places. You should have one place where it all exists. And so then, uh, even if you don't use Planning Center, there are countless church databases out there. If you just typed in church management system, you'd get all kinds of them. Uh, listed. And so by all means use them. But then when you talk about communicating to your people, you need to utilize, I think the most important thing is not the tool that you choose, but the fact that it integrates with your database so that you have one list of people that couldn't be more important. I have uh, churches that I'm working with right now, newer churches. And right now we've got like five or six different lists of people, depending on who you're talking to and, and what information they have. And you need kind of 
kind of one brain that has all of the information to push it out. And so then once you have that, uh, another great tool, uh, you know, you need some sort of email client. So if you use Planning Center, make sure you're using the integration with MailChimp. Uh, it's a free email service unless you have like a ton of people at your church or do some kind of crazy things with it. There's some great things you can do that cost a little bit, not very much, but I think MailChimp or uh, a lot of those email clients will plug in to um, your church management tool. So figure out which one does. Uh, some church management tools have it built in. Uh, I think that the nice thing about utilizing, what I love that Planning Center has done is they have looked at these tools and said, listen, MailChimp does email way better than we do. And so let's go ahead and let them do mm -hmm. what they do. Uh, that said, we've actually found... Um, that email has not been the best way of communicating. I think especially right now, there's just so much coming out all the mm -hmm. time. I mean, it's so overwhelming. Every time I open my email box, it's the only just thing so that's almost as more. bad as Zoom. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Email, yeah. absolutely. And so what we have found is very, very effective is a text messaging service. And yep. we use one called Clearstream. And do you know why we use Clearstream? I bet it integrates with Planning Center. It integrates with Planning Center. <laughs> Absolutely. See, I'm paying so, attention. So when I go to text a list of the people who call Ridgeline home, uh -huh. it's not like seven people short. It updates every single day, overnight, every 24 hours there's an update. So if you joined our church yesterday, when I send a text message tomorrow, you're already going to be on that yeah. text message list. And I did nothing to make that happen. It all integrates and talks to one another. Uh, we have found that to be a great tool. I know there's a lot of other tools out there. What I love about Clearstream is there's a great app. You have the ability to go back and forth with the person. A lot of the church text messaging services are just kind of an announcement thing, mm -hmm. but uh, people are used to replying to a text. And so uh, it's helpful that you can like see their reply and, and, and respond to them, that kind of thing. And it's great because you can, you know, if we wanted to send an email or a text message out to all of the women in our church whose birthdays are in February and kids have a peanut allergy within just a few seconds, I would be able to create that list, send it off to Clearstream, and we could send that one person a text message. That was an amazingly specific example. I think it's helpful to give, you know what? So one, I didn't just pull that from my head. I have used that example for years, okay. but I always look at people to be dazzled by the fact that I just came up with it. <laughs> but the truth is, I literally could create that list in yeah, planning center. Amazing. Uh, as and and the big thing is, as long as the data is in there, you can create a list out of anything. Yeah. So it's great. Uh, and then last, lastly, I think uh, if you're talking about a staff mm -hmm. communication tool, I know that there are countless Slack fans out there, and. Uh, I will take your Slack and I will raise you a Basecamp. I think Basecamp is a, a much better tool. Uh, Slack is fine, uh, but to me, it just it turns into this like sort of ongoing stream of consciousness. And I think uh, Basecamp has a lot more different kind of camps that it can live in, a lot more different um, uh, tools that you can utilize natively without signing up for a bunch of other tools that then plug in. Uh, and so I love it. Uh, I use it to run my XP. Uh, we use it here at Ridgeline. It's yep. been a super helpful tool uh, for staff communication, elder yeah. communication, all of those kind of yeah. things. No, that's helpful. I mean, 
especially in a season that is chaotic, like the one that we're in right now, mm-hmm. uh, now's not the time to be bad at communication. Right. So I think any steps that we can take to even get one click better, especially right now, are super, super important. So that's going to be it for us today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, I just want to ask you to do three simple things. The first is, would you subscribe on your podcast platform of choice? So we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Secondly, if you could take even just a second and leave a quick review, we'd really appreciate it. And then third, help us spread the word on social media in some way. If you'd like more info on our ministries, you can visit telio.church and myxp.church. And if you want to connect with Tyler and I, you can follow me on Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me at at Tyler Dravitz. That's at T-Y-L-E-R-D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. We'll be back next week with a new episode. And until then, thanks for listening and have a great week. Good. That was a good...